Welcome to God Pods, Faith Conversations from Boston College's Church in the 21st Century Center. Welcome to God Pods. I'm Karen Kiefer. Ignatian spirituality offers us a vision to find God in all things. In today's episode, we'll be finding God in the kitchen. That's right, in the kitchen. Think about it. Faith and food. What a spectacular pairing. Divine, actually. Our guests are two very special women who have devoted their lives to their faith in the sharing of food for others through their Benedictine charism of hospitality. In a minute, you'll meet the gourmet nuns. That's right, Sister Irene and Sister Estelle from the Community of Jesus in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Sister Irene has actually lived in this worship community for the past 50 years, along with 64 other nuns, 25 brothers, and 250 lay families. Sister Estelle's family moved into the community in 1981 when she was just 12 years old. So I guess you could say she was raised by the nuns and Sister Irene. And then in 1990, she decided after a pilgrimage to Magigoria to take her vows. They both launched the popular food blog in 2014 called monasterykitchen.org monasterykitchen.org. And trust me, you'll want to catch a glimpse of just what they're serving up at the monastery. Is it zucchini, silky soup, vegetarian frittatas, strawberry summer rhubarb parfait, say that 10 times, or is it a decadent chocolate cupcake? I'm hungry and I haven't even started our conversation. Whatever their food creation, they both believe that the kitchen is one of the places where they meet Jesus. So let's visit with them and learn a little more. Welcome, Sister Irene and Sister Estelle. So great to have you. Thank Thank you you. so much, Karen. It's wonderful to be with you today. It really is. Well, this is such a treat, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start off with Sister Irene. Um, right. Knowing that, that you've been at the Community of Jesus, you know, during its early days, its founding days, and you've been there for 50 years, which is just amazing, and giving yourself and your gifts to others. And I'm just curious, like, let's go back in time. You you had said to me um, offline, Sister Irene, that you're 87 years old. And right. I'm wondering, can you go back and think back about your upbringing and um, your earliest memories in the kitchen with your family? Oh, yes, I can. And um, in order to uh, do anything in the kitchen, in in my uh, childhood, with my mother, who was the one who taught me um, anything I ever learned about cooking to begin with, we would have to start outdoors because um, one of the main things of my mother in cooking, two of the most important things were flavor and freshness. So uh, her cooking usually started out in the garden. So that's where I would go if I was doing the meal and gather up vegetables for that meal because we literally uh, took our vegetables from the kitchen to the uh, from the garden to the kitchen stove. So uh, I have many very warm memories of being in the kitchen at this gas range. There was one particular old 
most used skillet that was lightweight aluminum. And uh, I can never tell you the number of things that were sautéed in that pan <laughs> and the number of delicious meals that uh, started there and evolved from there. But uh, two of the things that my mother most impressed upon me, as I said, was freshness and flavor. Hmm. So that meant uh, that was important, and you never wasted any good flavor from anything in your cooking. And whatever was in that aluminum skillet, you made sure that you took away every bit of the flavor, the scraps, the juices, and that went into the sauce that you were making or it was used in whatever you were cooking. So anyway, um, I could I could say a lot more, but I I want to give uh, my co-kitchen uh, <laughs> um, her chance to... Yeah, no, no, you'd like to hear from her. No problem on, on that end. I, uh, so I think it's fair to say you're also a gardener. Is that right? Well, um, I, I did, I loved uh, growing things because um, that was part of what I, my mother um, came from the Ukraine when she was 12 years old, just as a young girl, she came to this country. She worked in New York City with a wealthy family and learned much about cooking. And she developed her own recipes, amazingly enough. And um, she, um, as I said, felt that freshness was so important. And um, she grew everything she possibly could. We not only uh, uh, vegetables in the garden, but we had an amazing flower uh, garden in our, our backyard. And uh, she uh, loved the outdoors. She loved the woods. She took me there many times as a child. We went to uh, uh, pastures. We went to uh, uh, hills and streams and brooks where we gathered watercress and forget-me-nots mm. and brought them home and Sounds planted them beautiful. in the backyard. So um, that was a, a great deal of what was involved in my cooking with her. Is there a recipe that, that um, she has handed down to you that you still use today or a favorite recipe that you can remember? She did not use recipes, she and I find it hard to use recipes myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she did everything by taste and feel and look, and so that was the way I was trained. Now, um, she, a, a recipe that she's that I treasure, one that she developed herself, came from her work in New York City with the wealthy lady who loved a certain cake that came from the bakeries of Abraham and Strauss, who were very famous at that time. And it is a, a, a very lightweight, fluffy uh, cake with a uh, custard filling and a, a fluffy uh, frosting with finely chopped walnuts. And she... Because she loved that cake so much, because the lady she worked for loved it, she developed it herself. Wow. Nobody gave it to her. And um, so she had that a very strong sense 
That's that such a gift, you know? It was. I mean, it really was. And yeah. I never realized until, you know, she would do very well on some of the, the, uh, the food shows now where they just take people and say, make us such and such, you know, right. and, and they don't really have recipes to work with. I've often thought of that. Wow. Well, um, Sister Estelle, so you, as I mentioned uh, in our opening, that you had you had moved to the community of Jesus, you know, when you were 12 years old, so quite young. And, and uh, I'm just curious, like, tell us what that was like and the experiences, like working in the community and, and meeting Sister Irene and, and learning how to, you know, maybe garden and prepare food and, and um, you know, really see food and hospitality as, as a grace, a gift from God. Well, absolutely. I mean, I, as a child, worked side by side with the sisters since I was 12, like you said, and we would come down and help the sisters with retreats and clean the dorms, and we learned everything about housekeeping, and we would go into the kitchen and help them prepare food or wash lettuce outside from the straight from the garden. So I was so, my whole life was very informed by the sisters and by the teaching that I received. And it was just wonderful education for me. And so for me to um, consider a vocation was very much like considering marriage because um, I was with the sisters all the time. And it was in the kitchen that I felt such love being expressed and such um, hospitality being offered to guests. And I was so drawn to that. And so, and Sister Irene was a, she's been a mentor for me um, since I was a young girl. So she taught me how to make the proper omelet. And so it was just um, really, I think it was a gift from God to be able to work side by side with, with the nuns for so, so long in my life. And I think that's how God used that to, um, you know, help me find my vocation and my mm. passions. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, Needless to say, you're both very creative. So, Sister Irene, I know that your background is in art and that you love flowers. Now I know why. Um, and love flower arranging. I, I know that you worked in the flower shop at the old Boston Copley Plaza for years and that you still, like, love to express through flowers. And, and then um, you were also assigned early on to run the Bethany Guest House there as part of the community which I know involves like cooking and decorating and, and, and offering just this beautiful hospitality to those that visited. And Sister Estelle, I mean, you're a musician, played the flute for 30 years. Um, you, you sing in the Gloria dei Cantores, and I, which I, I know has a big concert coming up this weekend. And um, I had the opportunity to meet you because you work uh, for Pericle Press, um, and in full disclosure, our center here at Boston College, C21, works works so well with Paraclete Press. And actually, some of our best-selling books from our book series were published by Paraclete Press. So I think God was working in all that. But back to the question about um, your creativity, both of you, and how you use your creativity as an expression of, of faith imagination and how it influences your cooking and baking. Can can you share a little bit about that and, and and maybe how you see your creativity coming to life in food? Well, um, I don't usually think about being creative um, or about creativity. Although I just feel like we 
uh, our call, our Benedictine call, emphasizes hospitality, but primarily to do everything that we do to the glory of God. Now, that, uh, we believe, applies to the life of a sister in a convent or to a married woman with uh, a family and children. Striving and having your heart set in that direction to do whatever you do to please God and and ask for his blessing upon it. And as long as you do it from that motive, you can expect his blessing. And we have seen uh, what we call little miracles uh, when we do things like this, when we forget about ourselves, we forget about trying to bring the glory to ourselves and get the credit for something, and we just do it because we want to please the heart of God. He blesses it and surprises us often with the blessing he brings to other people through whatever we do. Mm. Can you can you give us a little glimpse of the, the little miracles you were talking about? Well, I would say one of the things that continues not only to surprise me, it shouldn't surprise me, but uh, even though it does, but as soon as I recognize what's happened, I say, ah, yes, this is God. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times we usually try to ask God to lead us in our choice of a menu and so forth, and uh, we take into consideration what we know about the guests. Often we know nothing at all. And... Uh, we try to listen to the Holy Spirit direct us. And time after time, uh, we've experienced this same, what to me was a miracle. Someone would say, how did you know? How did you guess? This is my most favorite, whatever, dessert, most favorite food, uh, dish that I could have wished for. And here I have it without even telling you or asking you. This has happened repeatedly in my experience. Wow. Absolutely. And the one thing I would add, Karen, is um, I love how Sister Irene talks so beautifully about creativity. And, I mean, the one thing as a younger person is that creativity is a little bit like a double-edged sword. You know, there's ego on one side of it and there's God on the other side of it. And it's which way are you going to choose with your creativity? And in my life, in my life's work, um, I feel like that's always the thin line that I walk with, with the Holy Spirit and with God with creativity is to not use it for myself, not use my gifts for myself, but really channeling and using my creativity as a gift from God to serve others. So that's the only thing I would add. And um, I love that she brought in St. Benedict because today we're celebrating the Feast of St. Benedict, who is our patron saint of our community hmm. and Benedictines all around the world today. Wow. That's just so fitting, you know. Um, what do you think? You know, we're, we're living in this digital age of distraction and community is something that we seem to be losing. And we know for young people out there, I mean, they're not experiencing, you know, being in the warmth of the kitchen and in, in baking as much or, or cooking. And, um, you know, how can we use the practice of preparing food for others and as an opportunity for young people to find God in the kitchen. Any, any thoughts on that? Well, I am very blessed to see 
little youngsters, like how old is uh, Natalie? Yeah, we have 10-year-olds in our community. Yes, that come to the kitchen on a weekly basis. They have the certain days they come and work with the sisters, these little chefs, you know. We call them junior chefs. Oh, yeah, and they tie <laughs> these uh, things on their hair, tie their hair back, you know, and uh, suit themselves up in their aprons and so forth. And they're very proud to be doing this, but they really love it. One of them is a godchild of mine and just had lunch with her yesterday, and we talked about this, and she tells me how what she's learning to do, I think, what a gift to, at 10 years old to be learning how to use her knife and to, uh, to, to just, just, I can't go through all of them, but she's, and all the time she is encouraged to be asking God's blessing on her work and what she does mm. and, and pray for the people that are going to be fed with what she's working on. Mm. And and do they work with um, the 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 young kids? Do they work with all of you on kind of coming up with the the menu and and you know what they're going to make or bake? Well, no, actually, we pretty much. I usually do the menus for our events, and then they will come in and help with all the food prep. Mm. And we actually have been trying to teach them kind of how I was taught. At, I was just uh, going to say sister. it must take you back, you know, right. <laughs> Right, and we're, you know, teaching them from the grassroots level up, as if you were in a kitchen, a professional kitchen, you start at the bottom, you start with the dishwashing, and as I recently learned when I was um, at pastry school in New York City, is that the person who washes your dishes is just as important as the pastry chef, and so it's the respect that you learn in the kitchen, the respect that you learn for each other and for the tools of the kitchen and for the atmosphere, and cleaning up after yourself, and all the the timeline of preparation. And so we've really been trying to help instill those. I'm trying to really pass down the gifts that I received and the knowledge that I received and pass that down to the next generation because I just feel it's so important to do. Well, it sounds like you're doing just that. Um, let's talk about your your styles of cooking. Um, I know that you both have different styles, and um, can you t- tell us a little bit more about that? And I mean, I, I think Sister Estelle, did you say that you love Tuscan uh, food? Yeah, or, I know? really do. I fell in love with um, Tuscany when I was first over there in 2013. I went over to um, help uh, set up our new kitchens for our mission house over in Italy called Mount Tabor Center for Art and Spirituality. And so I was um, given the task of um, kind of revamping. We have an old uh, turn-of-the-century villa and trying to update the kitchen so they kept the same, um, you know, old old world flair, but yet had it was very usable for, you know, up to cooking for up to 50, 60 people. So I completely fell in love with, Tuscany when I was there and then I've been able to serve over there for three months at three different times and it's been wonderful and at that same time is when we launched our blog and Sister Irene has much more of what I would call an old world style with her cooking and it's just wonderful and homey and um, you know so we both have and I've learned so much from her that I feel like I kind of adopt her flair as well but we love sharing our recipes with each other. We love sharing our photos of our food with each other and talking about food. It's um, very much a very big part of our relationship with each other. 
Well, since you brought yeah, up the, the blog, can you can you talk a little bit about that, Sister Irene and Sister Estelle? Like, say that again. I what said, was can your you question? can you speak a little bit more about the blog, the MonasteryKitchen.org, because it's amazing. Yeah, um, we launched our blog in 2014, and the address is www.monasterykitchen.org. And our community has several blogs, all under the heading Blogs Around the Common. And so we have one on Gregorian chant. Uh, we have another that's um, written by one of the sisters, one of the brothers, that just talks about our life and the lessons we learn from living, and then also our Monastery Kitchen blog. And so we started that blog um, back in 2014 when we opened our mission house in Barga. So I was serving there at the time, and I would submit recipes that were kind of a Tuscan flair, and then Sister Irene would submit recipes from the early days of our community and her life experiences and everything that she has learned and loves. And, and the pictures are just amazing. And the recipes are just, like I said, in the opening, mouthwatering. And um, it's such a it's such a gift to just go to the blog and see what's up. Like I, I did see, Sister Estelle, that you recently, if not yesterday, posted the um, the, the decadent chocolate cupcakes, which oh, yeah. look amazing. <laughs> and and I, I think you... You know, you can tell us a little bit more because I know that you went on a culinary adventure to New York, as you just mentioned. And I loved what you wrote on the blog and you talked about um, how you're constantly trying to even push yourself in the kitchen and even do things that that maybe you feel like you're not good at, but you're trying to do them and do them well. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, so many times I feel like we, we feel like we have to be great at something in order to do it or try it. And it's something I've really learned from life is that sometimes our greatest achievements come out of our absolute weakness and vulnerability. And um, I feel like God's really met me in that way in the kitchen. I was took this wonderful culinary adventure to New York City at the, um, I studied at the International Culinary Center on Broadway there for a week. Um, it was an intensive in the essentials of pastry arts. And for me, that's always been something I feel I'm weak in. Um, I feel like I'm, you know, an experienced cook with meats and vegetables and savory dishes. But when it comes to making desserts, I usually leave them to somebody else. And, um, you know, it just, it's just not something that's, you know, right at my fingertips. And so, I asked our prioress if this is something that I could explore a little bit more, and she suggested finding a place in New York City. So this came out of that, and it just happened at just the right time, and it was just a fabulous week of really um, kind of just really just leaning into something that really boosted my confidence at the end. I realized, you know, I can do this, and it's it's so fun to learn. I One of my mantras that I always try to share with others is you just should never, ever stop learning. You can always keep learning. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sister Irene knows that I, as a novice, would go to bed at night with Bon Appetit under my cover, and I would read it from cover to cover. And when, the lights, when the lights were supposed to be out. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few disobediences in that way, but it was just like I had to read it. They paid and, off. <laughs> so um, my stack of Bon Appetit is pretty large, and we need to find a new shelf for him but um that's wonderful. so that's that's kind of my my little background there i do think um i do think learning 
um, and following your passions keeps you young. And, and you know that more than anyone, Sister Irene. Well, I never think about it. You know, that's what's interesting. People will tell me things um, about creativity and about um, and and I realize that I don't usually think it all through. It just sort of Happens. these things just sort of happen, and yeah. you look back and you think, Ah, yes. yes. And so often you see God's hand uh, directing you when you didn't even realize it was it was the case. Now, often uh, when our, our prioress, she gives us a lot of freedom, you know, to uh, make decisions and to, to pray and find our way in things um, and gives us guidance at the same time, but always, always pushes us to go beyond what we think we're able to do. Mm. And that has been one of the, the blessings of, of my life in in the, the different jobs that I've been uh, assigned to throughout my 50 years, you know, as a sister. Mm. And it's very exciting looking back upon it and seeing, ah, yes, I never thought I could do that. And I never would have tried it on my own if I hadn't been, you know, assigned to do such and such. Yeah. But I would say that take the challenges from recipes. I mean, if you if you... Uh, something holds your interest and clicks with you, uh, don't ever just assume this is way beyond my ability because you may not make it perfectly the first time, but put yourself into it and um, give it your all, and you may be very surprised. Let God surprise you. <laughs> I, I love that. You know, I was that was that was kind of a... Uh, a segue into my next question because I was saying that God is a God of surprises and so I'm, I'm thinking mm. I'm trying to picture you in the kitchen and and being surprised by something that happened maybe a recipe that you were skeptical about um, that turned out amazing or something that just was just didn't work <laughs> any any uh, examples I'm having a hard one pulling up one right now, but I know it happens literally every day to us. <laughs> but you get some that you don't even think of them as specifically as ah, here was here was a miracle, here was an answer to prayer, here was a um, it just it just becomes like a way of life. Yes, you 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 let God surprise you. Um, you you just follow Him and. He, I think he would bless us much more if we would just let him. We try too much, too often, to, to, or we we do try to limit God uh, by our unbelief. So I say you just got to take risks. I mean, you watch these little kids on on Chopped program or on the food shows, you know, and they get thrown assignments that are kind of staggering, you know. But they go running off to their corner and they get going and, and whip uh, it together. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And you know, back to your point, Sister Estelle, about um, kind of pushing yourself. I think a lot of our listeners would say that they've said to uh, people that they know and love, "Well, I like to bake, but I'm not a good cook," or "I mm -hmm. like to cook, but I just mm -hmm. I'm a disaster when it comes to baking." And it's it's funny because. Um, 
in some respects, they're one in the same, but yet it, it, people feel more comfortable with one or the other. So it's, it's, it is nice. I think we can all challenge ourselves, And I, I do think that we're all connected in some way to a recipe or a memory through our, our childhood or through our, our, our faith. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's just kind of reconnecting with those recipes and then handing them off to our friends and our, our children and our nieces and nephews and, mm-hmm. and kind of, as you would say, like welcoming them into the warmth of the kitchen and letting them discover, you know, that God is, is right there, you know? Absolutely. Um, um, Absolutely. Sp- speaking of recipes, do you have a favorite recipe? It's your go-to recipe that you, that you just love. And, and can you, can you tell us what it is and why? Do you want to go first, Sister Irene? Well, uh, this is a hard one because I, I, it's very hard for me to say I have a favorite. I was thinking about this this morning. It's this time of year when uh, garden produce is coming in and, and pretty soon we'll be having, I hope, a good um, harvest of eggplant. I happen to love, just absolutely love, eggplant parmesan. And I have my own way of making it. This is a, it's a kind of a simplified uh, uh, method that I've used over the years. I've given it to certain sisters for their birthdays, the uh, uh, ones that I know are, are just wild about it. And um, at different times, I've used it for, well, I used it a lot on retreats and so forth, but I just... I'm crazy about it, and I can't say enough about how I love it. As far as my cooking, primarily I am a a kind of a plain cooker in that I prefer very simple, natural flavors as much as possible. Um, And um, if I were to um, choose my favorite meal, I might say, Give me, um, you know, roast leg of lamb with some roast potatoes alongside and a nice um, oil and vinegar salad, and I will be thrilled. I will be too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't necessarily want something that's very complicated. Not that I don't have an appreciation for more complicated cooking. I do. But um, I go in that direction, a simpler uh, natural flavors. I also think too, it goes back to your mother, you know, where she was oh, about yes. taste, yes, you know, yes, all indeed. about taste, you know? Yeah. You know, she was roasting vegetables years ago before you heard much about roasting vegetables. Mm. She hardly ever made a roast when she didn't put alongside, uh, uh, uh some onions, you know, a couple of carrots, possibly a stalk of celery, but that was always just, uh, you know, that's how it was. And we were used to roasted vegetables. And when they became as popular as they are now, uh, I just thought, oh, well, we're going back to my roots. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. Um, So I'm, I'm curious, like you just talked about the eggplant. What is it that you do with that recipe that makes the eggplant just turn out so amazing you know is it are you using breadcrumbs and and no i I, i'll tell you i'll tell you what i do and uh you you may not believe it but and not everybody knows when they eat it what i've done i simply take the eggplant 
I don't soak it to try to get anything out of it. I know that that is the method some people use. I slice it up. I like it in round slices, and uh, I brush it with plenty of olive oil and put it on a roasting pan, put it in the oven on a very high temperature for maybe five minutes or so until it's tender, and then I salt it with onion salt is what I prefer, that mild flavor that comes from it. And then uh, I just layer it in my pan <clears throat> with my own sauce that I make with uh, some meat, tomatoes, fresh tomatoes are always nicer when you have them. This time of year is such a, it's just, a, uh, you could go wild in the kitchen at this time of year with everything that's coming in. Like they brought in tubs tubs of uh, zucchini this morning that I'm just dying to see what somebody is going to do with those. It's just a joy, and we're blessed to have a lot of gardens that we work hard to produce, but um, uh, that way we grow our own food. It saves us money. It, it, it's healthier, and it's just it's great. That's wonderful. Um, Sister Estelle, what, what about you? Well, I was just thinking as Sister Irene was talking of uh, Monday morning, we went out to bring a breakfast spread to the Chatham Bars Inn farm because they have so graciously been donating some of their excess of vegetables to us to use for events. And so on Monday morning, we decided to surprise them with a wonderful breakfast spread for all the workers. And what did we do? But we, you know, put it out for them, and they were just so delighted that they sent us home with a whole huge van full of produce um, that we were thanking them for. And they let us pick their blueberries and they beautiful um, cartons of uh, fresh squash blossoms, which just happens to be one of my very, very favorite things. And as a child, actually, Sister Irene would often make these fried squash blossoms and then as, um, when I went over to Italy, that's one thing that I just love to do for guests who came to the villa. I would always, um, because that's very Tuscan, is that be, you know, as an appetizer before dinner, you give them a, a glass of sparkling wine and uh, some fried squash blossoms. So that's one of my favorite recipes. And then when I was over there as well, um, I had the great joy of working side by side with um, one of the women who owns a restaurant in town, and her name is Lana, and she has taken on all of us sisters who've gone over there to cook. Um, she gives us cooking lessons. You know, anytime we want to go down to a restaurant, we can just work side by side with her. And so we've all done it, and it's fabulous. And she taught me how to make crepes filled with zucchini puree and topped with squash blossoms. Oh. And I'll tell you, it's one of the most mouth-watering dishes you've ever had. It's so light and so summery and so beautiful. And that's on our blog. So if your viewers want to look that up, it's crepes filled with zucchini puree and topped with squash blossoms. Wow. Heaven. Heaven. So, you know, we talk about food um, and we talk about gifts and offering food to others, for others as gifts. And I, I just want to kind of wrap up our conversation by just letting you know the gift that you are both to so many. And you not only inspire, but um, you encourage and you mentor and, and you love. And um, in the gift of hospitality 
it truly is a gift. And even as you just mentioned, Sister Irene, just about giving the gift of a recipe to someone for the birthday, for their birthday, or or the gift of, of a meal, um, or something to give thanks. Like I'm thinking about that, the bushels of zucchini, and, and I can't stop thinking about my mother's zucchini bread. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And how, how all of these tastes and, and all of this... Um, expression of love um, brings us closer together and and calls us into community and yeah. calls us into communion with one another and with God and and that it really does define our life of faith you know absolutely and um, we we just can't thank you enough for for your time and and your gifts and and they they matter and um, they they make a difference. So um, we, we hope that our listeners will visit um, monasterykitchen.org. Um, also, and, I, and I, I throw this back to you, there is an opportunity for, for uh, anyone that's interested to, to go by um, the community of Jesus and, and visit the Bethany Guest House or go online um, and take a look at the community. Um, and to learn more and uh, maybe uh, a chance to meet the gourmet nuns, uh, which would be a real treat. And um, again, with, with profound gratitude, um, enjoy the blessings of this feast day and the blessings of, of summer. And um, thank you so much for all you do. Thank you. Thank you, this Karen. A real gift to us. Great pleasure to be with you on the feast day of St. Benedict. Indeed. Thank you for listening. We hope that this God Pod conversation gives you an opportunity to find God in your kitchen. For more Catholic faith resources, follow us at bc.edu backslash c21 or via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mm-hmm.